Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Nuggets with Rich Fraser from Cockatrice Nuggets. And this is the first part of a two-part discussion we had. Unfortunately, the recording is not super great. We had a couple of dropouts owing to Anchor, but uh, it was a good chat. I'm glad we did it, and... um, Hopefully I'll, I'll come up with a better way of doing these cross-casts in the future so that uh, it's less frustrating for everybody concerned. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, man. How you doing? Doing well. Good, good. It's uh, early morning for you, yeah? Uh, not too early. Okay. It's about usually when I wake up. <laughs> Straight out of bed and onto anchor. Can't beat it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I feel like I know you already. Yeah, same. Same. Uh, yeah, you're uh, definitely one of my favorite anchor casts to listen to, and I'm glad you put out so many. Well, I'll tell you what, what I, I made a few notes of things to ask you, and one of the first things I had to say was to thank you for the the shout outs and all your support over the, you know, the past weeks and months. Uh, it's, it's much appreciated and it's uh, really encouraging, you know? So uh, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. If we're going to be a community, we got to support each other. Right. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Right. So and I um, feel the opposite coming in. Right. I feel like everybody in the community gives me a lot of support. So. Well, I think. To give all that back. Focusing on it now. I think um, the whole community aspect of Anchor is something that people are aware of. And, you know, people do seem to be making the effort, you know, to sort of A, be positive and and B, kind of proactive and supportive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't ventured out on Anchor at all, actually. That's something maybe I should do. like I, I only listen to our podcasts, right? Uh, anything that comes through that audio dungeon discord, um, I add straight away and listen to, um, but I haven't listened to anything else outside of our realm. I wonder if it's the same. I mean, I'm the same. I don't think, uh, I don't think I've got anything that's not like, uh, you know, us guys, you know, D and D and role playing. I, I uh, listen to, I mean, you can't really count Happy Whisk because she's sort of gamer, (laughs) (laughs) she's gamer adjacent, you know? Exactly. Um, So that would be cheating. Uh, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. It's just you guys, really. Yeah. So it could be just us. Anchor's a bunch of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, it could be, it could be like this really bad thing, couldn't it? And we're like associating ourselves <laughs> with it, and they're just a bunch of you know toe rags. Oh, that's quite funny. I'm gonna have to find out now. I'm gonna have to sort of like. <laughs> so Anchor, you got? the most toxic place on the internet. That's it, and we're and we're like all, all like bigging it up and everything. <laughs> <laughs> So what you got planned today then, man? 
Um, I got work later, and then after that, straight to gaming. I get to game two weeks in a row. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. It seems like um, I think I take my gra- my gaming a little bit for granted. I, I I managed to get quite a lot of gaming done. I, I, th- I think I'm pretty lucky in that respect. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my my son is 18 and he likes to DM too. Um, so we're kind of it's a weird dynamic there because neither of us want to play so i think what we would play more maybe if one of us played more but we both like to dm and our styles are a little different um but i've got a four-year-old who's coming up with a nephew who's five so they're like they're asking questions about it now and my four-year-old will sit at the table when um my 13 year old plays nice so he'll just sit there i'm gaming with the brothers He's got like his own dice collected from all those that fall on the floor. He's <laughs> <laughs> patching stuff down on that he has no idea what it means and he's paying attention to everybody. It's great. It's amusing to watch. That's cool. Um, so when, when are you going to get, is there any chance you'll get your, your 18 year old son on the podcast at any point, you think? Um, I don't know. He's, He's shown interest in podcasting. Um, he, he wants to do an actual play, but he can't, he hasn't figured out the microphone thing. Um, right. And he's 18, so he doesn't want to ask me questions. Like it came up, we were sitting in the room and uh, he said something about, I want to do an actual play, but I have no idea where to host a podcast at or how to do it. And my wife and I just stared at him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can help you do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> that's that's kids, man. My my for el- sure. My eldest. Oh, son. speaking of which, can we put this on hold for a second? I think uh, my youngest is waking up. Okay, mate. Go. All right, I'll be right back. Okay. All right, that was a total audio hallucination. No idea what that was. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit. Uh, it, maybe did you hear that? Uh, have you listened to Jason's 100 episode today? No, not yet. Ah, well, there's a poem on there that talks about parenting that you'll need to listen to, and that is totally appropriate <laughs> to this situation. <laughs> it's really good, man. Check it out. Uh, so, All right. um, a, a, I've been listening to a few of your episodes today just to uh, refresh my memory on where we're at yeah. with your 5e campaign and stuff. Um, now I'm, I'm a bit conflicted with the old D and D. I've got 5e, 5e and BX kind of vie for my attention, but it seems you're pretty squarely in the 5e camp there. Would that be fair to say? 
Yeah, definitely. It's what everybody's playing that I know. So, like, and I, I can run any system I feel like. Um, and D&D has always been there for me, right? Even yep. in the 90s when I was experimenting with everything, right? We were playing a different system every week. And uh, we still had D and D going on in the background, so it's it's one of those constants in my life. Um, I I really don't know why I haven't drifted back to older editions yet. Um, first and second edition really have a big place in my heart. Uh, I never played too much BX, although um, I owned all of it, all the um, the EMCI because uh, I was young when I got into it. So I didn't know what I was getting and people didn't know what they were buying me. Um, and my family wasn't particularly religious, so they just shelved it all towards me. And I uh, amalgamated everything together and played how I wanted. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah. As, you, as you do. Yeah, well, and not just eight-year-olds. That's exactly what I do to this day, mate. That's true, that's true. I, I do the same. I, uh, I, I, I try to pull in a lot of stuff. Like if I see something I like, I'll pull it in. I think and, you were uh, talking. Like I think you was talking about that on a recent episode, weren't you? Uh, it's possible, yeah. Yeah, I I, I suffer with um, kind of uh, <laughs> memory loss on these things. I listen to so many different things. I forget who said what and when. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I feel the same way about my podcast. It's once I do it, it's gone out in the ether and I forget all about it. I'd say one of my sort of one of my anxieties is constantly talking about everything like um, on a, a kind of a one month rotation. <laughs> <laughs> the same podcast over and over. That's it. So you get like maybe three or four podcasts a week and then after one month of listening they just go back to podcast number one if that's what you're doing it's working <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not if i if i did it it's not conscious <laughs> it's just i've forgotten <laughs> Uh, but I, I, um, I know definitely I'll bring up something like six or seven times and like halfway through explaining it, I'll realize, oh, you know, I think I talked about that. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I haven't really noticed that. I haven't noticed you doing that because you're doing this. Uh, it's something that I like about what you're doing is this peek behind the curtain of what you're currently doing. So if you, if you're kind of explaining your campaign in your game as it's going along, your chances of repeating yourself are fairly slim, isn't they? That's true, yeah. Yeah, and all well, my prep ends up being different because I'm always adding something to my repertoire. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'll tell you what, so um, I picked up that Creature Codex, as you know, and that was a, a good recommendation, man. I'll tell you, I'll thank you for that. That is a good read. <laughs> Like I sat down and read it. It took me like four months, but I read it cover to cover and I, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Like yeah. even into X and Z, it was really good. I was still getting ideas. And I've That's of course forgotten them all now, but I just need to flip through and pull something out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I forget probably twice as many ideas as I remember, but when when you sort of, 
is there again it all it all comes yeah. back yeah i'm a firm believer in not oh, writing down I ideas think, uh, um because if they're good enough they'll bubble back up to the surface yeah. Yeah, Ray Otis was saying that a couple of episodes ago, and I totally agree with that. The um, monster manuals and codexes and stuff like that, I find a, a very rich pickings. Um, my 5e monster manual, I've more or less had to hand over to my son, uh, my youngest, Sonny, and um, he's taken to drawing from it. Uh, actually sort of sitting there with a little sketch sketchbook making kind of drawings and um i, I don't think I, i'm gonna really be able to use that book anymore which is <laughs> a bit of a shame but my loss is exactly is yeah. gain and uh would you how do you think about it do you reckon that's one of the better five oh, no, books um i haven't read it right it's it's a monster really? manual so like it's what's in every monster manual, right? It's the first one. So it's what's been in every monster manual before. So sitting down, I assumed like there's, it's just going to be stats and stuff. Um, come to find out uh, there's a lot of fluff in there and a lot of good stuff in there. Um, Sly Flourish did a interview with Mike Merles and Mike Merles like chastised him for not reading the monster manual. And uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I heard that or, whatever yeah right. it's so yeah. true though so i haven't made the time to sit down and read it um because i've you know i'm constantly piling things on to read so it's oh tell tell me about it yeah it's on my list i don't think it's on my short list <laughs> it's not even on my short list of five <laughs> ebooks because i'm still working my way through the new ravnica book and then i've got um dungeon of the mad mage sitting on my shelf waiting for me to read as well yeah uh, i um thankfully um we got another dm in the group who is kind of other than sunny there's a, a friend of mine he's kind of adopted 5e and i bought everything up to about xanathar's and then i thought i've just got too much of this and i, I hadn't read what i got so he stepped in and he's buying on from there, you know? Yeah. Mordenkainen's is a really good read. Um, there, there's a lot of good fluff in the beginning and there's some really good monsters in the back. So that was, uh, that was the first 5e book that I read straight through that wasn't an adventure. Yeah. Wow. So I, I still wow. haven't even got to Volos. That's pretty hot print. Oh, I like Volos. I've skipped around in it a lot, <clears throat> and I've read certain that, sections. That's probably, but I have not read it cover to cover yet. I don't know that I've read it cover to cover, but I probably have. But I didn't read it like yeah, that. Totally. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean they're reference books. That's generally how I read them. But I found, like, especially the monster books, sitting down, yeah. reading them to cover to cover, make sure I don't miss anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, so you mentioned Ravnica. What do you make of that? It sounds like you're pretty. Uh, um, I mean, listening to your podcast, you're pretty pleased it's with not Ravnica. What I thought it was going to be. 
it, I thought it was going to shoehorn this. I thought it was going to pave the way for shoehorning magic into D and thought it was going to like create all new rules. And really the only thing that really annoys the hell out of me about it is they changed how silver works. The silver piece is 25 copper instead of 10 copper. So in my head, it like throws the whole economy off, but nobody else seems to care. Huh. And really it doesn't matter because they don't use silver pieces in it. Really? They use copper and gold. So a silver piece is rare. <laughs> um, okay. and, and it mentions, you know, you might have to adjust this if you're rolling hoard out of the DMG. And I, I think that's just silly. Like, unless there is some like established thing that I haven't heard of yet. Um, not that I'm a Ravnica expert, but I, I assume someone would have brought it up in my few posts that I had made about it. Um, then, then there was no reason for it. It was. Just, I think they just did it to be different. And that's, if you're trying to incorporate something new into a game, then making it different isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, and I sound really irritated about this one little tiny thing, and that's it. That's like all I have. You know, that's the nugget of, of badness in that book. <laughs> the 25 copper piece, silver piece. <laughs> Well, I probably wouldn't have even <laughs> noticed that. that. That's how much attention I pay to things like that. I, I uh, Yeah, that is surprising. That is surprising. I don't know. There must be something in the uh, in the law that, that has kind of governed that decision. I can't believe they were just arbitrary. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't even say the word. Randomly, <laughs> randomly change that. I still can't say it. Third effort. <laughs> I'm not can't even going <laughs> What was your one the other day? Versimilitude that was, you was that's after, exactly wasn't you? the word. I read it like two oh. hours later. I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and I, I think I might have just said it wrong as well, just to show my ignorance. <laughs> Again, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> No, don't bother. Don't bother because you, you, you'll just rear-end yourself on uh, anchor like <laughs> I have. <laughs> and uh, Ray Otis will be calling in, putting me straight. Um, so, but the Ravnica book's really good. It's got, it's got a lot of little useful things. Um, it's got, um, so it's got the 10 guilds, right, and how they interact with each other, which there are some really setting-specific things. Um, but a lot of the other stuff you can just rip out and paste onto something else that's already in your campaign. I'm looking at mapping them into the current guilds of my city in my campaign, um, which is obviously a totally different setting put out by a different company that is almost entirely unrelated. Um, but there are some things that just map onto it really well. You know, there's like the government police force and then there's like, you know, the military guild and the spy guild and everything kind of maps onto it. You just pull out these little references and it's full of tables of contacts. Contacts are a big deal. Um, it's full of um, adventure ideas. It's full of little tiny maps of single buildings. Um, I've already ripped one of those out and used it. Uh, it's, it's got a, a lot of amazing tools that a DM is going to find useful. And they did a really good job on it, even though... It's got this setting plastered over it. 
Wow, that's see things like that. Um, that's the sort of stuff I'm looking for. Just you, you, you've kind of um, caught my interest with maps of uh, individual buildings. Sometimes um, that's just what I'm looking for. Do you know what I mean? Those those little right. maps. And there's ten good ones in there. They're like really solid maps. You know, multi-level, nice. <clears throat> fortified buildings. Yeah, and you can, you know, you can take one of them. And that's, that's a whole session yeah. easy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, potentially, depending on what you're doing. But, you know, uh, like I drew up in my uh, 5e campaign, the players are based in Fandalin and they took, uh, well, they ended up taking over what is the Sleeping Giant uh, Tavern. And I I mapped that out and and it, it was as soon as I mapped it out, I thought to myself, "Why didn't I do this before? It's been so right. handy." Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just a floor plan of one little building, but there's a lot you can do with something like that in uh, session exactly, terms. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can there can be some downtime activities. There can be things that happen if the town gets attacked and they kind of want to hole up inside their their headquarters. There's a whole question of what do you do with your money when you when you come back from your adventures, you know, and they want to build vaults and strong boxes and secret places, and you know, there's 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 loads you can do with just the smallest of little details. Right, yeah. And a map gives them something visually to look at to connect them to the world better. And so they can say, oh, well, let's hide a safe here. Instead of, you know, we want to hide a safe in the bar. Exactly. You know, someone might look at the map and go, oh, this is, this is a good place for this, you know? Um, and I, find, I don't know about your players, but I find everybody loves a handout. You know, if you can throw a map down on the table and they kind of all like, lean over the table and they're looking at it and they're pointing here and there. It gets a sort of a nice kind of uh, vibe going uh, in the session. Um, I also use a, a TV in my game. So I've always got like a map up on that or something else. Um, so that kind of gets that same, everybody's gathered around looking at it, deciding what's going to happen next kind of vibe. That's interesting you say that because my brother, um, who you would know as mm -hmm. Arfid, he does exactly the same thing. He, he he has a map up on a monitor and he runs off a laptop and uh, he has all sorts of bits <laughs> and bobs that he throws up on, on yeah, the screen, it's much you know? Easier. Like, I, I mean, my, my laptop is basically my DM screen. Uh, one of my senior players actually sat next to me. Yeah, that's the same. Um, on not my last session but the session before that and he was kind of watching me as i was doing stuff on my laptop and uh i you know he'd make a comment every now and then and i'd look over and just smile at him you know because i've got like 20 things going on here 10 of them might come up and 10 of them will come up you know um so it's easy though to just pop into google do a web search for you know whatever monster i'm looking at and then throw it up on the screen so everybody has a visual representation of it 
I find uh, the kids really like that as well. I've got a f- uh, f- three younger players in our group and any sort of visual cues and images, stuff like that, uh, handouts, they are all oh, over that. Attention totally. span, like immediate, um, not gratuity, what's the word? There you go again. Um, gratification, that instant gratification, uh, right? Uh, they don't have to sit and listen through your description yeah. and try yeah. and pick out the words and like, oh, wait a minute, I don't understand that word, but I'm not going to ask what it is, so I don't understand the whole thing. Um, they just see a picture, right? And I know definitely when I was younger, I was much more yeah. tactile in my gaming. Um, I, I still use a map and minis, but not to the effect that I used them before, right? We used to lay out 10 squares at a time, right? The, the 10 by 10 square at a time going down a hall. And then open that room up. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, we had the, we had the old floor plans. Like um, I think Games Workshop produced them over here, but they were just like these floor plans, bits of cardboard that were cut up, and we had them in a box, and and we just oh, we spent most of a session rifling <laughs> through the box, finding the right bits to put down. That's exactly <laughs> it. It was like. <laughs> it was lame, really. You know, that, um, and the table at the end. I, I don't of the, miss that. Um, the first edition DMG, the random uh, dungeon. That's like all we did when I was younger. Do you know, I, it's funny you say that, but I was, uh, who was I listening to? Oh, yeah, I was listening to uh, Ray's podcast where he was talking about dice and tables, and he, he mentioned that random dungeon table. And um, when we were kids, we like um, we mocked that. We mocked that table. It was it was like ah, oh, that's a lot. That's rubbish. That's just random. That's all random. If you're a proper DM, you make up your own. You don't need a table. What? <laughs> we, and um, I don't know what made us think that what we were doing was any less random. But you couldn't you couldn't just fr- <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like our dungeons were real, man. <laughs> Um, we got real dungeons in our fantasy exactly. yeah I still love that thing the only thing I don't like about the first C version is that um, it's based on a 10 foot square so all the hallways like uh, default to 10 foot instead of 5 foot which has become the standard um, yeah well I, I, miss, I missed out on this whole 5 foot square and it all took me by a bit of surprise really when I, when I got back into it um, because, yeah, everything used to be 10 by yeah. 10 squares. And, uh, yeah, that, that's funny you mentioned yeah, that, Yeah, so actually. I stopped playing tactile when um, I went into um, second edition. I got very story gamer for a while there, especially with, like, Vampire the Masquerade coming out and, like, all that um, World of Darkness stuff I really got into. So we stopped using minis, really. Like, oh, every right. once in a while, we'd draw a combat out, but we wouldn't go past initial placement, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when I got okay. back into it, the, the five foot square didn't even like ring a bell until I went back and reread the first edition D- DMG. Uh, the thing that got me, um, <laughs> my first 5e game, uh, we were playing and I'm like, okay, everybody pick up a 10 sider and roll initiative. <laughs> like I had read the rules, but skipped <laughs> over that you use a 20 sider for initiative. My son's like, I think it's a 20 sider. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 let's look it up. <laughs> like, oh, well, it is. <laughs> wow. 
It's funny, isn't it? Now, I was going to say to you, Rich, um, if I uh, hang up now and you call me back, we can do the half and half cross-cast thing. How does that, that sound? That sounds good, yeah. So, like, um, yeah, so then I could release, like, this first part because generally it seems that the person who calls kind of gets the recording. And then to save... The f- well, basically, because I, I can't remember how you do it. <laughs> I, would, I would have to send you this and uh, I can see it all going wrong. So I, f- I think perhaps the simplest thing is it, I hang up, you call me back and we carry on with part two and then you can you can release part two if all that right, suits you. Good. Yep, I'll call you back. Yeah, I'll just... Okay, mate. So there you go, um, mostly D&D chat there. We uh, recorded on for a little while longer to make a part two, but we were plagued with dropouts. Now, the second part of this, I believe, as long as Richard's managed to capture it, he's going to release later on today, I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, it was, like I say, frustrating using Anchor and... Uh, I'm going to be looking around for some alternatives. If anybody's got some better ideas, call in, let me know. Jason uh, uses Zencaster, and uh, I'm sure sure we can do better as a a community for these Uh, cross-casts. It's just, uh, yeah, a little bit frustrating because everybody's got to make time in their day to line these things up and then... When it goes a bit pear-shaped, that's a bit disappointing. But hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. And, um, yeah, bear with us. We'll, we'll get better. And thanks, of course, to Rich Frazier of Cockatrice Nuggets for taking time out of his day. Uh, I think he had to set his alarm extra early to get up and get his coffee and one thing and another. But um, hopefully we can make up for it in the future with another chat under more technically superior circumstances so take it easy folks catch you later